Do you want your nightfalls before anybody else? Then consider supporting us on Patreon. Stay tuned after the episode to find out more. And now, welcome back to Night Falls, California. Okay, let's see. Is it... Yeah, okay. This is Bill Cooper, and today is Saturday, April 17th, 2010. I don't really know what to say, so I'm just going to start. Hi, Charlie. It's Dad. I'm currently sitting on a log in the middle of the forest. You'd probably know the log I'm talking about. It's the really big one on the side of the path near Shadow Creek Bridge. There's a picture somewhere of you and Sydney sitting on it. It's adorable. Sydney was just a baby, and you couldn't have been more than six or seven years old. I think your mom put it in one of her scrapbooks. I'll have to look for it when I get home. God, your mom. We've been fighting a lot. Well, apparently it's only a fight when I started. When she starts it, she's just trying to have a discussion. Either way, it's my fault, which is typical. I guess it's really not fair for me to say that. She's probably right, some of the time at least. The last year has been tough for everyone. I know that I haven't been as as nice as I could have been, as I should be. Last week was really hard. It was the anniversary of you, well, leaving us. I don't want to say disappear. It has too much finality to it. Leaving is much better. If someone leaves, there's always a chance they could come back. All that aside, I guess the point is either way you're gone, and your mom and I, both of us, have been handling it in our own way. And sometimes, most times really, the way I'm handling it, for instance, doesn't really mesh with the way she's handling it. And so we fight. It's nobody's fault at the end of the day, really. She won't say it out loud, but your mom hates that the last conversation she had with you was an argument. She loves you more than anything, you know. I know that may sound hard to believe, but it's true. You and Sydney are her reason for getting up in the morning. And if I'm there too, well, that's fine, I suppose. <laughs> so I've been doing some reading on different therapeutic practices. I've been trying to find something that I feel would work for me. I learned that in Japan they have something called forest bathing. They believe that spending time in nature helps us get back to our roots. You know, in the broader, as-a-species sort of way. Part of me is sure that it's just a bunch of made-up hippie crap, but I figured I'd give it a shot. I mean, why not? I like nature. I took you hiking all the time as a kid. And there's plenty of nature around here, so it doesn't hurt to try. I also saw a lot of things that said keeping a journal would help, which makes sense. You know, sometimes you just need to get things off your chest. But I'm not much of a writer. I've never liked it, really. I'd rather just talk. So one day your mom and I had a pretty nasty fight. It wasn't even about anything. I think we just wanted to fight. But I had to get out of the house. So I decided to go browse around on Main Street to clear my head. And in one of those shops, you know the one, it has all the glass animal figurines in the window. But I found this tape recorder there. It can't be too old, from the late 90s maybe. It's in great shape, and something clicked in my head. Say, that could work. So I picked it up for 25 bucks. I bought a bunch of blank tapes, and now here I am. So that's why I'm sitting on a log in the middle of the forest talking to myself. Well, talking to you, I suppose. If I think about it like that, it seems more reasonable. I have to say, I definitely feel more at peace out here. Maybe the Japanese are on to something after all. It's getting dark, though, so I should get going. I told your mom and sister I was coming out here to bird watch. I'll probably come out again. Maybe next week. We'll see. Until then, love you, kiddo. And miss you. All right, 
Bill Cooper, Sunday, April 10th, 2011. It's another big day. It's the day, actually. You left two years ago. It still feels like yesterday. You know, for the past year, I've been coming out here to talk to you on Saturday, but I figured it was only right for me to be here on the anniversary. It's also probably a good idea for me to be out of the house today. Your mom and I have been doing better, a lot better. But you know how she gets sometimes. Sometimes she just needs her space. We both do. And this is one of those days. Things are getting easier, though. I don't know how we can ever go back to how things were before, but maybe someday we'll get close to it. It's just not going to be today. Even so, Mom's doing good, I'm doing good. Sydney, too. She's still dancing and doing better than ever. She seems happy. I think she came to terms with things faster than any of us. I want to say I'm surprised, but that's not entirely true. She's always been a fighter. You know that as well as I do. Let's see, what else? Oh, I almost forgot to tell you. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I never got around to it. I ordered a couple of trail cameras. I think it'd be fun to see what's prowling around the forest at night after I've gone home. So I picked these up online. They're motion activated and they have a night vision mode. So it'll snap a photo of anything that comes around day or night. I'm fully expecting to see a whole lot of deer and not much else. Maybe a fox here and there, maybe the occasional turkey. I've got two, so I'm probably going to set one up looking at Shadow Creek Bridge. The other one I'm just going to face into the brush. I really don't know what I'm doing, so I'll just have to see what I get when I come back next weekend. I'm going to set these up and then, I don't know, maybe I'll hike the path here. It's been a while since I've done that. Next time, kiddo. April 16th, 2011. Well, I've been sitting here for the past hour looking through the pictures on the cameras. Turns out you get a lot of critters roaming about when there's not a bunch of people stomping around the woods to scare them off. I was right about the deer. Whole lot of them passing through here. It must be that time of year because I'm seeing lots of babies. They're super cute. <laughs> Let's see. Plenty of raccoons. Actually got a few close-ups of them. I'm pretty sure they knew they were on camera. I could have sworn they were posing. Funny stuff. One night I got a picture of the biggest wild boar I've ever seen. Hopefully I will never run into him in person. I have to say, looking through these pictures, I kind of wish I had bought slightly nicer cameras. These things are brand new, and one of them is already acting up. You see, whenever the camera takes a picture, it puts a little timestamp on it so you can see when things pass through. Now, for some reason, the camera I had pointed at the bridge kept going off at 3 a.m., and there's a big, I don't know, blob, I guess, right in the middle of the shot. It's really weird. I don't know if it's some sort of software glitch with the internal clock or what. The camera I had pointed at the brush works fine, but it didn't seem to get as many photos as the one I had pointed at the bridge. So I'm going to swap out the cameras. I'm going to take the broken one home and see if I can figure out how to do some kind of factory reset on it. If that doesn't work, I guess I'll be sending it back. Talk to you later, kiddo. April 23rd, 2011. Well, the good news is, I think I fixed the camera that was glitchy. I spent way too long online trying to figure out how to reset the thing. Then I set it up in the backyard, and it seems to be working fine now. No weird blobs in any of the pictures, no randomly going off at weird times. I did learn that we've got a squirrel living in the backyard, so that's fun. The bad news, now the other camera's acting up. I guess it's a common issue with this brand because it was the same exact problem. The camera goes off at 3 a.m. exactly, and the image is corrupted or something, so this big black blur shows up in the middle of the image. 
I reset this camera too and I'm going to set it back up along with the one I already fixed. In the meantime, I'm going to look into some different cameras. You're probably wondering why I'm making such a big fuss over this. I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't, really. You know, I, I started coming out here every week to get away from life, I suppose. I figured I'd do it once or twice and call it good. But the more time I spent out here, the more connected I feel with everything. I guess more than anything, coming out here, setting up the cameras, all that, it's something to do, something for me to look forward to. It's been a while since I've had that, and I don't know, maybe there's some part of me that hopes that one day I'll come out here and just run into you. I know that sounds silly, crazy even, but still. Either way, the sun's starting to go down. Time for me to set up the cameras and get out of here. I'll see you. May 20th, 2011. I'm not out there in the woods right now. I'm, I'm home, actually, in the garage. I'll be heading out there soon, though, once I'm done packing. I feel like I'm going crazy here. Over the past month, I must have bought, God, a dozen trail cameras, all different brands, all different levels of quality, and every single one of them. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. To give you the short version of the story, the first two cameras started glitching again. At least, that's what I thought at first. Both of them started going off at 3 a.m., and the pictures they took at that time always had the same black blob in the middle. So I sent them back and ordered a couple of new ones. Different brands this time, a little nicer. I set them up at the same spot and it would happen again. Anytime I had a camera pointed at the bridge, it would go off at three. With that same black blob. I had to be sure, so I bought some more. And I started going out there to check cameras and rearrange the setup nearly every day after I got off work. It kept happening. It didn't matter what brand of camera, whether it was cheap or expensive, it happened to every single one. If the camera was pointed at the bridge, it would happen. I started moving the cameras around, getting multiple angles. It didn't matter. Every day, 3 a.m., black blob in the center of Shadow Creek Bridge. For the past week, I've been going back and forth on what I should do. Eventually, I decided the only thing to do is to go out there and see for myself. So I'll be spending the night in the woods. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Dad? Oh, hey there, kiddo. Who are you talking to? What? It sounded like you were talking to someone. Oh, no, no. I was just testing my equipment out, making sure that everything works. Here, say hello. <laughs> Hi. So what you need? Dinner's almost ready. Mom wanted to know if you were going to eat before you left. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll be right in. Hey, Dad? Yes? What exactly are you going to be doing tonight? Just my usual bird watching. I told you that, didn't I? Well, yeah. But at night? Sure. Why not? Are there even any birds to watch? Besides, like, owls? Well, that's half the fun, isn't it? I won't really know what's out there until I see for myself. Could be some owls, maybe a few bats. Can I come? What? I want to go with you. I, I don't know if that's the best idea. Oh, come on, please. Sorry, kiddo. You'll scare the birds away, and besides, it could be dangerous out there at night. Well, you're going. But that's different. I'm an adult. Besides, I don't think your mom would want you out there in the middle of the night, even if you're with me. It couldn't hurt to ask, right? Let's go... No, Sydney. Dad, please. I said no. Maybe some other time during the day. But... Some other time. I promise. Hey, come here. You know I was just looking out for you, right? Because I love you. Yeah, I know. Good. Go get ready for dinner. I'll be right there. Okay. Shit. May 20th, 2011. Part 2, I guess. It's almost 3 a.m., I guess that makes it the 21st, actually. I'm sitting here in the usual spot. 
I bought a camping chair since I didn't feel like sitting on the log for who knows how long. I took a little nap around midnight. I made sure to set up the camera just in case I missed something. For some reason, I, I doubt it. The forest seems surprisingly quiet now. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but based on the pictures I was getting from the nature cams, it was definitely not this. There's nothing. No birds. No insects. No nocturnal critters running around. It's just silence. It's chilly right now, but I don't think it's cold enough for everything to be asleep. I don't know. It's 2.59. I feel like a crazy person. I'm not sure what I'm going to do after 3 a.m. comes and goes. I guess I could always just go home. But I feel like that would raise more questions than if I just came back early in the morning. What the hell? Oh. Oh my god. What the fuck? Um, I, I, I don't know how to put this into words. My, my head is swimming. It feels like I'm asleep and wide awake and drunk and stoned and completely sober all at once. I, I saw them. Them. Multiple. I, I don't know who them are exactly, but they spoke to me. My, my brain feels like it's fried right now, so I'm having a hard time remembering all the details, but this is going to sound crazy. But they knew things about me, about my life. Things I didn't even remember until they told me. They called me something. A seeker. The seeker. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure what any of this means, except one thing. You're alive, Charlie. They told me so. These dark watchers. I'm, I'm going to bring you home. I just need to figure out how. August 27th, uh, 2011. These past couple of months, I've been stuck at a dead end. I've gone back to the bridge a few times to see them again, but they never appear. I'm starting to wonder if I imagined the whole thing. The logical part of me says yes, but I want them to be real. They have to be. They told me you're alive, that I can find you again. That's what I believe more than anything, even... If I imagined the Dark Watchers, what they told me has to be true. I can't explain it, but ever since that night, I've felt something, like I'm being observed. If I'm alone in a room, I get the sense that someone else is nearby, watching, listening, trying to get my attention to guide me. Maybe it's them, or maybe, maybe it's you, Charlie. Now, wouldn't that be something? October 13th, 2011. I think I have something. A guide. A roadmap. I found it at Vortex. I think they helped me find it. Or you did. You wouldn't think so looking at it, but I have a good feeling that the answers I'm looking for are buried in there somewhere. I know what I need to do to get the ball rolling, but I'm not sure it's something I can do on my own. Hell, I'm not sure it's something I want to do on my own. I can't ask your mom. She wouldn't believe it. I don't think she would be able to believe it. And Sid... Sid's just a kid. She's got enough to worry about. I think I've got a good idea who might help, though. Hello? Anyone there? Hello? You see the sign? 
we're closed, man. Like, closed, closed? You're gonna have to take your car somewhere else. I'm not here for car repairs, Travis. Oh, shit. Um, hi there, Mr. Cooper. Is this a bad time? Uh, yeah. No, um, I, I mean, what do you need? I was hoping we could talk. You wanna talk to me? If you don't mind. Uh, sure. Let me just put this down. What's in the box? Oh, just the last of Dad's old shit. Uh, stuff. I mean, I was clearing out his office. Ah. I was sorry to hear about the stroke. Yeah, well, something like that was bound to happen eventually. Nevertheless, it must be hard for you. Uh, my condolences. Um, thank you, Mr. Cooper. You can call me Bill if you want. I really rather stick to Mr. Cooper, if it's all the same to you, Mr. Cooper. Have it your way. Saw the for sale sign out front. I figured you'd want to keep the garage. I would. But it's hard to run a business if nobody wants to do business with you, you know? I suppose that's true. Salvage yard kind of runs itself. I'd rather just deal with that. Sorry, what was it you wanted, Mr. Cooper? Well, Travis, I have a favor to ask. What kind of favor? The kind that might lead to a few more favors. I'm not sure I follow. Travis, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and I want you to look me in the eyes and answer honestly. Oh, uh, okay. Did you love my daughter? What? Did you love Charlie? I... Yes, sir, I did. Did you ever harm her in any way? No, absolutely not. Did you have anything to do with her disappearance? Come on, man. Answer me, please. No. No, I did not. Good. I believe you. You what? You heard me. I... Uh... Why? Let's call it a gut feeling. Okay. Is that what you wanted to talk to me about? Not quite. I'm still getting to that part. Oh. So... Travis, if I were to tell you that Charlie was alive, how would you feel? Is that supposed to be rhetorical or whatever? Fair enough. Secondly, if I told you that I was going to try to figure out where she was and how to get her home, and I needed your help to do that, what would you say? Get out of here, man. I'm being serious here. No, man, you're not. Look, Mr. Cooper, I'm sorry. Charlie disappearing was hard for me. All that stuff that came after aside, I can't even begin to imagine how it was for you guys. But I'm trying to move on. Now that Dad's dead, I'm just trying to start fresh and forget about the past. And I can't do that with you coming in here and trying to make some sick joke. I understand that completely. And I know you've got no reason to believe what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. And tell me I'm joking. God, you really mean it. I do. So, what do you want from me? I can't explain it now, but when the time comes, whether it's tomorrow or a year from now, I'm going to need your help with something, and I'll need you to do it without hesitation. No questions asked. And this has something to do with Charlie? It has everything to do with her. God, Mr. Cooper, I don't know. I'm sorry, no offense, but this seems really weird to me. And you want me to agree to something without even telling me what you're asking me to do? I'm asking you to trust me. I know you have no reason to, but... I wouldn't be here if I didn't think you were the only one who could help. What do you say? Okay. Good. June 12th, 2012. When I was a kid, younger than you or Sydney are right now, your grandpa gave me a rifle for my birthday and told me he was going to take me hunting. I'd be lying if I said that I was excited about it. My dad was always into hunting, which I never understood. I was never good around blood, and the idea of taking a life, even if it was just a deer, really made me uncomfortable. Even so, dad took me out hunting that season. He showed me the ropes, how to fire a gun, what to look for when tracking, stuff like that, but I'd never shot anything. Not yet, anyway. Towards the end of the season, he decided that I was ready. He brought me out here to this spot. We sat here for hours, just waiting. I wanted to chicken out. Tell him that I couldn't do it. But for some reason, I didn't. I guess I was worried that he'd think I was, I don't know, less of a man or something. 
either way the sun was starting to go down and we were going to call it quits when we heard some rustling in the brush. I got my gun ready and waited and out of the brush walks this gorgeous buck. It was like something out of a painting. I remember hearing my dad whispering to me, going over all the lessons he'd taught me. I wasn't listening, really. I was too focused on the deer, this beautiful creature just wandering through its home, minding its own business. He had no idea what was about to happen. My dad kept whispering, Do it, boy. Shoot it now. I felt myself start to panic, but I forced myself to stay there to pull the trigger. Right as I fired, the deer turned its head and looked right at me. The next instant, it was on the ground, dead. I immediately threw up. That was the last time I went hunting. And here I am about to do it all again. Mr. Cooper? Over here. Where? Jesus Christ, shut up, Travis. Oh, right. Sorry. Don't be sorry, just be quiet. Okay, okay. Did you bring everything? I think so. Good. So what exactly are we doing? Or don't tell me. That's cool, too, I guess. You ever been hunting before, Travis? Um, no, sir. I can't say that I have. Well, I haven't been since I was a kid. But I remember enough to know that one of the keys to success is being quiet. Sorry. It's fine. Just do me a favor. What's that? When the time comes, do exactly as I say when I say it, okay? What? No questions. Just listen to me. Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Cooper. Good. Hold on. What? There. See it? I do. Get ready. Remember, no questions. Yes, sir. Got him! Come on! Shit. It's still alive. I thought you shot it in the heart. Well, clearly I missed. Now what? We've got to move fast. Grab the bowl. What? Travis. Right. Grabbing the bowl. One second. Here. I said to bring the biggest one you could find. This was the biggest one I could find. It'll have to do. Here. Hold it under its neck. What? You're not gonna... Oh my god. Travis... I'm sorry, fella. Okay, that's enough. Give me the hammer. Hold on. Here. I don't know what you're gonna... Oh, Jesus. Now this goes here. What in the ever-loving fuck are you two doing? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, hey, Rich. Oh, hey, Bill. What brings you out here? So that's how it's going to be. All right. Well, we've been having problems with some high schoolers sneaking into the old lumber mill to smoke weed. Now, aside from the obvious legal ramifications of trespassing on city property and possessing a controlled substance, which, frankly, I could give two shits about, there's enough sawdust in there to turn the entire place into a fireball in about three seconds. I was up here chasing them off before they could burn the whole damn forest down. Well, thank God for you. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. Well, I was just about to head back into town when I heard a gunshot. I ran towards that sound, and that led me here. I see. I gotta say, you two are the last people I expected to see together. Hey there, Travis. Hey, Detective. How's things? Oh, you know. Yeah, I'll bet. Mill's awfully far. Sorry, what's that? I said the mill is awfully far. Hard to believe you ran all that way so quickly, and through the woods no less. Well, I'm fast, Bill. Really fast. Sure you weren't following the kid? Wait, what? I would never dream of it. God. Oh, Jesus. All right, all right. Let's calm down here. Now, Bill, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I asked you a question. What was that again? What the fuck do you think you are doing? Oh, right. Well, uh, we're hunting. Isn't that right, Travis? Yep. That's right. You're hunting. Uh-huh. You got your hunting license? Uh, not on me. No, no, no. Of course you don't. Because it's not hunting season, Bill. Right. 
So you're going to arrest us? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about it. But I'll be honest, I'm not sure what I should arrest you for. Uh, hunting without a license or whatever the hell you are doing to that poor critter right there. Well, to be fair, it was dead before we started doing the... Oh, you shut the hell up. Yes, detective. Sir. Now look, Bill, I like you. I think you're a good guy. But, but this... This is fucked, Bill. It does look pretty bad, doesn't it? Pretty bad? Christ, Bill. I mean, your daughter went missing. Now you're out here in the woods with her ex-boyfriend practicing some Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy kind of shit on a deer. I mean, don't you realize how that looks? I mean, for Christ's sake, half the town already thinks this sack of shit killed her. I thought you didn't believe that. I don't. And I still don't. I don't think you did either. But this shit, it's making a mighty strong argument for me to start reconsidering. I can promise you that there's a very good reason for all of this. Oh, oh, I would love to hear it. What, what, and what would that be? I can't say. Oh, for fuck's sake. You're not helping your case here, Bill. How about you, Travis? You want to tell me anything? Uh, I'm really not. The kid doesn't know. I haven't told him anything either. That right? Yeah. I'm just along for the ride here. So what's it going to be, Rich? <sighs> oh, God. This, this is the last shit I need. Look, Bill, you have been through a whole lot. I mean, your whole family has. I... I know that more than anybody. I mean, I'm really hoping this is part of some sort of fucked up way of coping that you've cooked up. I mean, but you want my advice? You need to find a healthier way of dealing with it. I mean, what if Nancy or your kid found out about this shit? I mean, God, get a, get a therapist or something. I appreciate the advice. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. So, I'm sorry. Are we in trouble, or... Oh, God, yeah. It's probably a bad idea. Look, I'm going to let you guys go here. But make no mistake. If I ever think that either of you is doing something even remotely close to whatever this shit is, again, I will be coming for your ass. Do you get me? Sounds good to me. All right. Now, God, get this shit cleaned up. Just get the hell out of here. Thank you, detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't make me regret this. Yes, sir. Hey, Rich. What? Heard a rumor that you're getting promoted soon. Congratulations. Ah, no. Well, thank you very much. Now, fuck off. Well, now what? Well, you heard the man. Let's clean up here. I got what I needed. What about the... uh... the deer? You bring a shovel like I asked? Yeah, it's in my truck. Go get it. I'll start packing. All right. Hey, Mr. Cooper? Yes? You think you could tell me what exactly this has to do with finding Charlie? It's better that you don't know. Besides, I don't think you'd believe me if I told you. Well, I don't know about that. Trust me on this, Travis. Now get the shovel. But... Please. Fine. April 10, 2013. It's been another year since you left. That makes four now. Sydney is the same age you were back then. If we're counting the days, I think she's technically older. God, that's weird to think about. Four years. I've been making these tapes for three now. And what a three years it's been. The things I've seen, the, the things I've done. It's all been for you. You know that, right? To get you home. Jesus, listen to me. Saying it out loud makes me sound, well, you know. Sometimes I worry that I've been going on a wild goose chase or something. But I can't be, right? I've just been following the clues that they gave me. At least I think it's been them. 
I haven't seen them since that first night. But every time I do something that I think will put me on the right track, I can just sort of feel them guiding me, telling me yes or no. Sometimes it makes things easier. Sometimes it doesn't. Hey, Dad. Yeah? I'm not going to be home tonight. I'm probably spending the night at Kenzie's. It's a school night. Yeah, I know, but we're working on a group project, and she and I are the only ones actually doing anything, so I'm just going to head over to her place after school and work on it. God, what are they doing to you kids in that school? Huh? This is the third group project you and Kenzie have worked on in the past month. Oh, well, it's the last quarter. You know how it is. Right. So anyway, uh, don't freak out when I don't come home, all right? Did you talk to your mom about this? She's already at work. I figured you could tell her for me. Right. I see how it is. I'll be the messenger for you. Thanks, Dad. Hey, Sydney. What? You free this weekend, or are you and Kinsey planning on working on more group projects? Why do you ask? Because I was wondering if you wanted to come birdwatching with me. Seriously? Yeah. I thought I'd scare the birds away. Well, we'll just have to be extra careful, won't we? <laughs> um, yeah. I've got nothing going on. I'd, I'd really like that. Good. Now get going. You're going to be late. Oh, shit. Hey, language. Oh. Go on. Get out of here. I love you, kiddo. I love you too, Dad. I think you'd like Sydney, the person she is now. She's just like you were. Smart, funny, stubborn. She doesn't have a boyfriend, a fact for which your mother is eternally grateful. You know, when you came home from school that day and announced you had a date, I'd be lying if I said I was happy about it. I, I was happy for you, of course, but not overall. You know, you're my kid, my firstborn. I'm protective. And when he came to pick you up and I saw Travis for the first time, well, I can't speak for your mother, but I may have jumped to some conclusions. I'm sorry about that. He made you happy. And in hindsight, he really wasn't a bad influence on you. I could have lived without the sneaking out and lying, but I also get it. I was a kid too, you know. Basically, what I'm trying to say, after getting to know him a little better, I understand why you two were together. He's a good kid. And he loves you, Charlie. But I think you knew that already. Travis is actually supposed to be stopping by the house today. He's doing me a favor. I need someplace safe to keep these tapes I've been making. Just in case. I'm not sure how to explain it, but something big is about to happen. Good or bad, it's hard to tell. But I can feel it. It has something to do with what I'm about to do next. I've, I've been wrestling with this for a while, and I'm not sure I'm ready, but I feel like I can't wait much longer. I'll miss my chance otherwise. See, I finally figured it out. You know the old army base that's out there, Fort Palmer? I'm, I'm going to try to get inside. I know that doesn't sound like the best idea, but I don't really have a choice. There's something in there. I'm so close to getting you back. And I'm hoping that whatever I find will be the last little push I need to bring you home. Emphasis on hoping there. I could be wrong. There could be nothing. And I'm finally starting to crack. That would be the best case scenario. I don't know what the worst case scenario would be. Maybe the base was never really abandoned and there's a soldier with a sniper rifle just waiting for me to hop the fence. Or maybe, actually, I, I don't want to think about it. Either way, Travis is going to hold on to the tapes for me, just in case something... Well, just in case. I don't want to leave him at the house. Nancy or Sydney might find them and get the wrong idea about everything. Listen, Charlie. I need to finish getting ready, but before I leave, there's something I want to ask you. This hasn't been for nothing, has it? I need to hear from you. Just just tell me I'm on the right track, please. Thanks, kiddo. Hopefully this will all be over soon.
As the final tape comes to an end, Sydney, Charlie, Travis, and I sit in silence. I'm having a hard time processing everything I've just heard. The tapes have given me more questions than answers, and I don't know how to begin to unpack it all. Charlie's face is almost expressionless. I assume she had listened to the tapes before, or at least been informed of their contents, but based on her reaction, it's hard to say. Travis stares down at his feet, avoiding eye contact with everyone, most of all Sydney. Sydney's eyes remain locked on the cassette player. Her jaw clenched and lips pressed into a thin line. She seems to be doing all she can to prevent her seething rage from boiling over. I can't believe you. Sydney, I- No, you were holding on to this for years and you never thought to share it with me or the police or anyone. And tell them what? You heard the tapes. He sounded crazy. Hell, I think he was a bit crazy by the end there. It wouldn't have done anyone any good. You don't know that. You're right. I don't. But I made a decision. Maybe it was the right decision, maybe it wasn't. But it was what I thought was right. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're sorry? That is such bullshit. I can't believe I was starting to trust you again. Sydney, think about what you just heard. You think you would have been able to handle that shit when you were 16? You can... you can barely handle it now. Sydney leaps out of her chair and storms over towards Travis, pointing at him. Travis remains still, a look of shame on his face. You don't get to decide what I can and can't handle. He was my dad. Those tapes are mine. He gave them to me. I don't know what you want. I want you to be honest for once in your useless fucking life, Travis. He is being honest. This isn't his fault. Don't you dare defend him. You have no idea what it was like after he was gone. What it's been like dealing with mom for the past six years. It's like living with a toddler. Those tapes wouldn't have changed that. Maybe not. But that wasn't for him to decide. He was trying to do what he thought was done. Oh, don't even start with that. Well, then what do you want from me? I want you to be on my side for once. Just once. I am on your side. Then back me up here. Sydney stares at Charlie, who says nothing. Well? Charlie looks down slightly, avoiding eye contact. Sydney shakes her head. <laughs> Unbelievable. I should go. Sid, wait. I need to go. Sydney slowly turns around and walks towards the door. When she opens it, she pauses and looks back at me, almost as if she were expecting me to follow. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I, I don't. I know. She sighs and gives me a melancholy smile. For a second, I almost stand up and follow her out. But looking back at the tapes, at Travis and Charlie, I can't. She nods ever so slightly. I get it. I'll see you, Scott. See you. And just like that, she's gone, disappearing into the night. Well, that went about as well as I expected. Can you really blame her? She just doesn't understand. No. I think she understands just fine. And she's right. To an extent. <sighs> Travis places his head in his hands. I continue staring at the tapes, thinking. After a moment, I look up at Charlie. Charlie. Yeah? You hadn't heard what was on those tapes before, had you? Travis told me what was on them yesterday, but I hadn't heard them myself. Right, but I, I mean more like from when they were being recorded. Charlie gives me a strange look. What do you mean? Well, your dad was talking to you in those tapes, and at the end it seemed like he thought he heard you talk back. <laughs> Scott, that's impossible. A couple of weeks ago, I would have agreed with you, but now Charlie looks at the tapes. It seems from the expression on her face that she's trying to wrap her head around the possibility. I mean, just the idea of it is ridiculous. Is it? Well, yeah. I mean, you said yourself, he sounded crazy. Well, that'd make me crazy too. Charlie looks at Travis with confusion that borders on panic. I heard your voice. Just like your dad, right before you came back. Was I just... hearing things? Maybe. 
Maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I can't remember. Charlie places her hands on either side of her head. Her face contorts and she closes her eyes tightly. I've been trying. I've been trying so hard. It's just not there. It's like there's the, there's a wall. And I feel like I know it's on the other side. But no matter what I do, I can't break through. I'm sorry. Travis moves closer to Charlie's spot on the couch. He places an arm around her and pulls her closer to him. It's okay. There's a moment of silence as Travis holds Charlie. He kisses the top of her head. Eventually, Charlie speaks. I think I should go lie down for a bit. I'm sorry. That's okay. She stands and begins to walk towards the bedroom. Before entering, she turns back to me. Thanks for coming. Unable to find the right words, I merely nod. She smiles faintly and shakes her head before entering the room, closing the door behind her. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to upset her. You're okay. You and I were thinking the same thing. I was hoping that listening to the tapes would jog her memory or something. So you do think she was talking to Bill? I don't know what to think anymore, honestly. For the longest time, I've just written off everything that happened with me and her dad as him kind of losing it, you know? But ever since she came home, I've been trying to find the line between the crazy and crazy enough to be true. And after that whole thing with the deer carcass in her bedroom, one that looked exactly like that one with her dad, I, well, I'm starting to think maybe it was all true, in a way. Bill mentioned a guide he found. What was that? No idea. Didn't know about it until I listened to the tapes for the first time. He never told you? Never. And what about the shadow people? Uh, what did he call them? Dark Watchers? Yeah, I don't know, man. I I went down to the bridge in the middle of the night more times than I care to admit. I never saw anything. But he did. Or at least he thought he did, which, let's be honest, might as well be the same thing at this point. I suppose. So, why bring me into this? Or Sydney? Well, for Sydney, I guess guilt was part of it. As much as I hate to admit it, she has a point. But really, I was hoping that both of you would be willing to help me with what I want to do next. I look at Travis, wary. And what would that be? Well, you heard the tapes. The last thing Bill did before he died was go check out Fort Palmer. Maybe he found something in there. I'm not sure I like where this is going. I'm going to find out what's inside. You want to come with? As I make my way back to the bed and breakfast, my mind is racing. I think about Sydney. I can't imagine how she must feel. To spend years building up this image of her father, then to find out he wasn't that person. At least not entirely. Eventually, I arrive. I didn't realize how late it had gotten. The restaurant is closed by now, and everyone appears to have gone home, leaving the empty building to greet me, an imposing silhouette against the moon. As I get out of my car and walk towards the front door, I pull out my phone. After a moment's hesitation, I try giving Sydney a call. Unsurprisingly, she doesn't answer. I wouldn't want to talk to anyone either if I were in her position. Making my way inside, I think about what Travis proposed. Sneaking into Fort Palmer. Abandoned or not, it'd still be trespassing on government property. Who knows what would happen if we got caught? Then there's the Bill Cooper question. Before he went to the base himself, he was sounding paranoid. It seemed like he could feel that something was going to happen to him. Was his car accident just a freak coincidence, or did it have something to do with Charlie, and the Dark Watchers, and everything else? I shudder thinking about it. I told Travis I would need to think it over. Climbing the stairs into the darkened foyer, and turning the corner into the hall that leads to my room, I stop as I notice a faint light coming from the end of the hallway. As I approach, I realize the light is shining out from under the door to my room. I think back. I don't remember leaving the lights on when I left. 
It had been mid-morning, and there was no need for them, and I didn't see any lights on in the building when I arrived. Of course, my room looks over the ocean, so I wouldn't have seen it from the parking lot. With some apprehension, I pull out my key and insert it into the lock. With a turn, the door unlocks. I sigh in relief. Bill's tapes are probably getting to me. I must have left the lights on when I left and just didn't notice. I open the door and the feeling of relief immediately vanishes. My room is a mess. Everything that I had left on the desk is now on the floor, and every drawer in the desk is open. The mattress of my bed is half off the frame, and the sheets have been stripped off it. There's a churning feeling in my stomach as I'm overwhelmed with the stench of smoke. My heart drops as I hear a familiar voice come from the other side of the room. Sorry about the mess. Standing in the doorway that leads into the closet, smiling at me with those blindingly white teeth of his, is Sly. I can see behind him that the closet is equally messy. He's been looking for something, and it seems that he found it. In an almost taunting manner, he holds a hand up. Hanging from it is the necklace. In a swift motion, he pulls the looped leather cord over his head, leaving the carved piece of bone dangling from his neck. He crosses his arms and leans against the doorframe. How you doing, Scotty? Night Falls, California is a production of Night Falls Media. Episode 7, 4, 10, 13, was written and directed by Alexander Gregg and Robert F. Wilson, with original music by Tyler Tingey. This episode featured Chuck Rounds as Bill Cooper, Robert F. Wilson as Scott Sinclair, Alexis Ross as Sidney Cooper, Ken Osborne as Richard Nellis, with Harrison Langford as Travis Warren, Jordan Aspen as Charlie Cooper, and Josh Durfee as Sly. Want to know more? Visit nightfallsmedia.com, where you can find links to our social media, merchandise, and more. Also, consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get early access to new episodes, exclusive merch, and more. Supporters on Patreon get access to new episodes a week before anyone else, and they only pay when new episodes release. Visit patreon.com slash nightfallsmedia to learn more. Thanks for listening.